So now we're here for the first major issue with these GPT models. And unfortunately, if you're going to pioneer what it is to be a very go to, good go-to-market chat GPT, you're going to be the first one to hit the headwinds, hit the potholes, or, you know, it, it just it's not good out there on the Oregon Trail. So OpenAI, unfortunately, is in a lawsuit with the New York Times over copyright infringement. And I can't say that a number of people didn't see this coming. And it's a great analysis on my part because the intersection of my experience in both what I'm doing with AI in my enlistment in school right now and my background in intellectual property, and we're talking copyright. So let's first talk about what infringement is. I got my law school notes up, and we'll just talk about the different parts. So part one, was there a concession or direct evidence of copying in this instance before the lawsuit? Absolutely there was. Part two, if not, we look at the circumstantial evidence. Did the defendant have access to plaintiff's work? Well, they openly admitted that they do have open access to it. They're using their uh, anything that's out in the public domain, including your Times articles, summarized and whatnot, or any sort of publication and training their GPT model on it. And part three, was there an improper appropriation? Well, yeah, there, there was just no appropriation whatsoever. This is the output. GPT-4 is stating in response to a question that this is it. And in nowhere do you see that it is from the New York Times and the New York Times posted the example of their article. And you can see in red, it is just that exact. It, it's exact. There's no transformative uh, output or anything. It's just, <laughs> it is. And therein lies the problem. So if we look at the initial lawsuit, that's basically what they're saying. Now, there's kind of two elements. They are relying on copyright law and infringement. However, there are some issues that we'll go into, and I found a great response by one of the people that OpenAI reached out to for their expertise from the Copyright Office. Uh, but first, when we pull up at the beginning of the article, and I got to say, as far as any sort of complaint that I've ever read, it's probably like the most casually written complaint, um, just, just the overall verbiage. It's as if there's a journalist writing it. Anyway, um, independent journalism is vital to our democracy, yada, yada, yada. So they want to protect the integrity of germ journalism because they're seeing what's happening with this GPT models and the ability to kind of circumvent their pay screens to get certain outputs from these models. And then you don't have to go to the New York Times. Um, they're saying defense unlawfully use the Times work to create artificial intelligence products that competes with and threatens the Times' ability to provide that service. Again, because you can get the output from the GPT models, you don't have to go to the New York Times and have to pay, and now they're just going to go out of business. Uh, the Constitution's copyright recognizes the critical importance of giving creators exclusive rights. It's where they go into the reasoning for the copyrights, and that's just kind of what you do for uh, writing, persuasive writing and when you're writing complaints. Defendants have refused to recognize this protection powered by LLMs containing copies of the Times content. Defendants' general, generative AI tools can generate output that recites Times content verbatim. They showed evidence of that later on. Uh, defendants also use this Bing search index of summaries. Uh, they don't seem to have too much of a problem with that. Using the valuable intellectual property of others in these ways without paying for it has been extremely lucrative for the defendants. And they talk about the valuation of $90 billion for ChatGPT. Yeah without the ability to train these models on whatever sort of information is out there, we wouldn't find use for it, which then would mean that we wouldn't pay for it and there would be no valuation for OpenAI. So great point. 
the Times objected after it discovered the defense were using Times content without permission to develop their models and tools for months. The Times has attempted to reach a negotiated agreement with the defendants. Uh, the Times during these negotiations was to ensure it received fair value for its use and content. It even goes in here and says that there is uh, a protection. OpenAI stating that there's fair use because their unlicensed use of copyright content to train the AI model serves as new transformative purpose. But there's nothing transformative about using the Times content without payment to create products that substitute for the Times and steal audiences away from it. Excellent point. Now, that's where it becomes somewhat of subjectivity of whether or not you would just go to OpenAI to use ChatGPT to, again, circumvent having to read the news at the uh, New York Times actual website or the paper or whatnot. And that's at the crux of the issue. Yeah, I think that is where we run into a bit of a problem with the New York Times argument. There are issues that they are both right on both sides. So, you know, let, let's take a look at what OpenAI said. This was actually just recently published, January 8th, and it says their goal is to develop AI tools. They collaborate with news org organizations to create new opportunities. Training is fair use, but we provide an opt-out. Yes, apparently they do. Um, regurgitation is a rare bug that we are working to drive to zero. A bug, unfortunately, is an excuse for infringing, and, and that's beside the point. The, the New York Times is not telling the full story. Uh, you know, that I disagree with. I think they, they are. Um, they're saying that they were in negotiations with the New York Times at the time, and they said that actually the first they learned of the lawsuit was with everybody else, and the New York Times published it on their website. So that is, you know, kind of an issue. Okay, New York Times is not telling the full story. Here's what OpenAI says. A discussion in New York Times had appeared to be progressing constructively through our last communication on December 19th. The negotiation focused on a high-value partnership around real-time display with attribution in ChatGPT, which New York Times would gain a new way to connect their existing and new readers, and users would gain access to the reporting. We explained at the New York Times that, like any single source, their content didn't meaningfully contribute to the training of our existing models and also wouldn't be sufficiently impactful for future training. Their lawsuit on December 27th, which we learned about by reading the New York Times, came as a surprise to us. Along the way, they had mentioned seeing some regurgitation of their content, but repeatedly refused to share any examples despite our commitment to investigate and fix any issues. Now, you do have a duty to mitigate on both sides. However, to what level of mitigation is needed, I, you know, the, again, that becomes completely subjective and then you have to go to court and then you get third parties, whether the judge or a jury or an arbitrator to decide that for you. Um, interestingly, the regurgitation, the New York Times induced appear to be from years old articles they had that have proliferated on multiple third party websites. It seems they intentionally manipulated prompts, often including lengthy excerpts of articles in order to get our model to regurgitate. That's, that, that's an issue. Like, you can't, it, it's very difficult to determine whether or not it's true or whether it's not. So the way these GPT models work, it trains on a number of information, specifically what the GPT models of OpenAI do. I'm not sure, but it, it's a ton and ton and ton of information. And the more it runs into the same information affects the model. So if it gets it from a number of sources, like if it's saying that the red here, uh, scroll and pick back up, is pulled from a number of sources, 
then that means that it is out in the public domain, it is copied, and that the GPT model ran into it multiple times. So whether or not the prompts are manipulated to get the output of in GPT-4, the model still somehow apparently got this information, not just from the New York Times site, or maybe not from the New York Times site at all, maybe from a number of outlets in which it was repetitively posted. And when an AI model sees this information, it just expects that's what you want from it when you're asking certain questions. So through some manipulation in the prompt engineering, I guess someone at the New York Times is able to get this output and it almost seems like they maybe knew what they were looking for in order to get this output. That's some kind of, I wouldn't say tinfoil hat kind of conspiracy that I'm coming up with. It, it's just a logical way to think when you're looking at these GPT models. Um, despite their claims, this misuse is not typical or allowed. User activity is not substitute for the New York Times. Regardless, we are continually making our system uh, more resistant. And then, uh, interestingly, they put a number of uh, articles up here. Where are they? Appreciate press. Oh, here. Training fair use. And they actually did reach out to a number of individuals. Now, however, the only one I care about is this academic output here. And that is from Suzanne V. Wilson, General Counsel and Associate Register of Copyrights, U.S. Copyright Office, um, and then the address. So they reached out for a notice of inquiries and requested comments from a number of different subject matter experts in the area to understand, you know, what is at actual legal issue. And I, I did find this really fascinating. So beyond this copyright issue, this paper for me was incredibly value, valuable to discuss, you know, what's copyrightable and what's fair use, transformative use, because, when you get into that realm of transformative use, then the person who originally owned the copyright can't, nece can't necessarily claim infringement. And if I reach back into my notes, talk about you know transformative use. Uh, let's talk about let's see fair use doc doctoring um, in U.S. copyright law. Notwithstanding the provisions of sections 106 and 106A, the fair use of copyright work, including such use by reproduction and copies or phonorecords or by any other means specified by the section for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research, is not an infringement of copyright. In determining whether the use of a work in any particular case is fair use, the factors to be considered shall include the purpose and character of the use, including whether such use of a commercial nature or is for nonprofit educational purposes, uh, the nature of the copyrighted work, the amount and substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyright work as a whole, and the effect of the use upon the potential market for or value of the copyrighted work. Now, the New York Times against the fair use argument is stating that last one. The effect of the use upon the potential market for or the value of the copyrighted work. They're saying that because you can go to the GPT model, ask it, and it puts it out verbatim, then of course you can circumvent the, the need to go to the New York Times. However, it's the transformative use that OpenAI is claiming on the back end. So before I was thinking that potentially like Apple GPT, for example, 
doesn't have like Apple itself doesn't have a large number of content. Now are they are apparently doing quote unquote the right thing and going to a number of outlets to gain access to content, to be able to train its model and have outputs uh, or whatever kind of different GPT model that they're going for. Maybe it's actual attributions and all these different news outlets are going to use this again as a new avenue for getting audience members, kind of like what OpenAI was saying to the New York Times. However, training the model underneath is not infringing on copyright because again, it's the transformative use. It's using for a different purpose. It's kind of like a teaching purpose for these GPT models to be trained upon. And that's what I did find interesting is kind of an ultimate conclusion by someone in the subject matter expertise of copyright from the U.S. Copyright Office stating such. Now, one thing that is kind of, I don't know if smoking gun is the right word, against the whole argument of what's going on with GPT, chat GPT is in question 22. Find it here. Page 20, apologies, searching for it if you're listening. Um, where did I have this here? Okay. In summary, under U.S. law, making derivative work means recasting a qualitatively and quantitatively significant amount of the primary work's original expression into a new form or a new version. If the model and its outputs are not, in some sense, a copy of a work in the training data, it is not a derivative work based upon the copyrighted work. Uh, and then further, let's see what I had in my notes. There was one more. Uh, question 22. Uh, question 25. Uh, let's see. If AI-generated material is found to infringe a copyrighted work, who should be directly or secondary liable? Developer of a generative AI model, developer of the system incorporating the model, and users of the system or other parties. While it was very difficult to control the output of an LLM, a text image model by simple prompting, a user with detailed knowledge of copyrighted work might be able to remake it or at least a vague level of similarity in the right hands of generative AI model can be used a, as a tool of copyright infringement but the same is also true of a typewriter. Um, makers and employers of generative should also be indirectly liable for infringing outputs that the tool user did not knowingly provoke or that were highly foreseeable and could be easily guarded against. Whether and how the volitional act requirement applies to generative AI is an interesting question. Courts may need to consider whether generative AI systems are technology that have substantial non-infringing uses and hence eligible for the Sony safe harbor that the court reaffirmed in MGM versus Grokster. So, Makers and deployers of generative AI models should be indirectly liable for infringing outputs if it was foreseeable and could have been guarded against. Knowing that the AI models are trained on copyrighted work, whether or not in the public domain or not, it is reasonable to believe that it could output such information if asked for it. I, again, they're, they're calling it OpenAI is calling regurgitation a rare bug that we were working to drive to zero. Our models were designed and trained to learn concepts in order to apply them to new problems. Memorization is a rare failure of the learning process. They were continually making progress on, but it's more common when 
particular content appears more than once in training data. Again, they're saying that this, what these different elements that were put out there numerous times. Um, so what's the ultimate conclusion of what's going on between OpenAI and New York Times? Who's right? Who's wrong? I think if you think about on its just face, regardless of law, whether or not there's copyright infringement, using other people's work to gain an advantage and train the AI model, it purely me seems wrong. You're benefiting from it. You have a valuation from it. And even though it's an amalgamation of just numerous sources and you can't pinpoint it to one, it's still a problem. And copyright infringement may not be the right avenue. It may be a violation of terms of use. If these websites just decide to really lock down, and this could be a detriment to us as different users and people that like to go out there and find information, that everything's just going to be behind all these different paywalls. And they're going to be locked down even more. Like if you go to a Forbes article or even in the New York Times, you may get like a few free articles and then boom, you're locked out. We just may see these just continually get just harder and harder to get to. And that would be a detriment to the public because then this would be a violation of the terms of use that you see on different websites that you probably never used, that you're not going to use this information for, for other purposes. So on that sense, you got to make your own determination or just, you know, open AI and how they're training their GPT models. There are elements of infringement. I mean, I, I think it's on its face. They found New York Times is able to find evidence of that. But to what level? They're saying that the, it was a bug. It was unintentional. How is that seen in a court when there's no person that's actually egregiously infringing and it's just what they're calling a regurgitation bug and then it's fixed and becomes moot? So then there's going to be no further harm or damage to the New York Times. That, that's going to be up for the court. I can see the courts going both ways and saying, hey, it is the public benefit for these AI models to be trained on a number of data. But it also could go the other round that if there is a risk of regurgitation, if there is a risk that someone could infringe and use copyrighted work and circumvent the need to pay, for all the journalism or any sort of copyrighted work whatsoever, then you've got to put safeguards. And the biggest safeguard is to have a licensing and then automatically opt out. They're saying, uh, OpenAI is saying that there is the ability, training fair use, but we provide an opt out because it's the right thing to do, even though they're saying they really don't have to. Uh, you just got to automatically do it. It should be an opt in, not an opt out. So who knows? Like, I just wanted to present the facts and, you know, just give me your opinion down in the comments, what you think of all this is, sh should these GBT models be able to use whatever content they want whatsoever to train themselves on and act as this knowledgeable brain that we can ask questions to because it's in the public interest for us to be smarter, to have better sources of information, faster sources of information for us to be more productive. Or is there an element of doing, quote unquote, what's right and making sure that everyone is made whole and right if you're developing this copyrighted work and another company is benefiting from, for the instance, OpenAI is valued at $90 billion. Let me know. 
And also, if you want to support the channel and you're enjoying the podcast, hit that like button, subscribe, please, if you loved it. And then if you also want to support the channel, there's a bunch of affiliate links of all my favorite products. These are the only ones that I've vetted, use every single day, and I would appreciate it.